Hello, and welcome back to the Spoiler Cast, the show where we talk about movies, new and old, but we don't care about spoiling them, especially when they're old. My name is Tobias, and with me as always is my sister and trusted co-host, Rebecca. Hello! Hello, and I just want to say before we start this uh, this conversation on movies, uh, I want to say a big thank you to everyone listening. Um, it's uh, fun to see uh, more and more people show up to listen to our conversations. Um, and if you're one of those people who's not, not listening past the 30 second uh, mark, bye for now. <laughs> and if you're here, one of those people who actually listen past the 30 second mark, we're going to start the show now. So I'm glad you're still here. Also, you. if you <laughs> love the show enough to listen all the way, or at least like halfway, and you want to hear even more stuff, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene where we do uh, 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 an exclusive episode every week, um, exclusive to the Patreon for this show. You also get early access to my other show, once that starts up again, Madness in the Method, where we talk about Nicolas Cage. There's commentary tracks, exclusive videos, um, early access to, 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 to some, sometimes these episodes. Bunch of stuff for just $3 a month. So check it out. Patreon.com slash don't make a scene. But, with all that out of the way, um, you've seen the title. We're talking about... William Friedkin, William Friedkin's 1977 suspense thriller classic, I would say, uh, Sorcerer. Because, yay, yay, oh right, that's the intro. Yay! <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, well, yay! <laughs> well, I don't know if it was, I, I, I hesitated, I don't know if it's appropriate to cheer this time. Exactly. That's kind of why I was doing a little more uh, low-key intro, but it's it's fine. Um, because uh, last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Late last week, William Friedkin passed away, unfortunately. I mean, it wasn't too unexpected. He was pretty old. But it still, it still sucked. Yeah. It was actually, you know, when we talk about actors, directors, artists in general passing away... It's, it's sad, you know, because you like some of the movies, but it doesn't really it doesn't really affect you personally. It's just sad that, you know, someone you appreciate has passed away. But uh, when I read that William... I was at work, and I had like 10 minutes where I didn't have anything to do, as I was just scrolling Twitter, and I started seeing William Friedkin pop up, and I was like, oh, what? No. Oh, no. And then I just Googled it. William Friedkin was dead. And I was genuinely, like, sad. Like, bummed out. There was a <gasps> moment, and I was like, oh. And the rest of that day was just ruined for me. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I, we mentioned that I have it like a, in the Patreon episode, I think, last week. Yes. Where it's like, when certain, certain celebrities that have been around all your life, even though you don't know them, you're just used to them being there. Yeah. Used to all of hearing a them. They're not. And you're like, what the hell? That's that's not how the universe works. They're yeah, they, they've they've always been there. Yeah. yeah. And we you, had I mean, all had that scare when Tom Hanks uh, got COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that like, was that was similar one. I was like, wait, Tom Hanks can't die. Are he you, can't get you sick. He's, he's immortal. What are you talking about? He's Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, it was similar with this. It was like, but he can't die. What do you mean? He's always been there. He's always gonna be there. Who who's gonna make weirdo documentaries about uh, exorcists and <laughs> you know? Call out to- Nicholas Winning Revan on his bullshit, uh, like in, in in interviews. Who's gonna make some of the best movies of all time? I mean, there's other people, but I mean, it was it re- it actually really affected me. Um, 
Yes. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I barely knew the name, but I have seen a couple of movies. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't as affected, obviously, because it's not a director that I have. A, um, I don't think I remembered that he was the director for the, the two movies we have talked about, if I'm being oh, honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> and sc- scrolling through his like IMDb, I don't think I've seen much else. No, and I haven't. I haven't seen all of his stuff. I've seen the big ones, um, and I actually hadn't seen Sorcerer until now. Uh, I watched it today, and it was the first time I actually saw it. Yeah, I watched it today um, as well. Yeah, but I've seen. Uh, I've seen enough of his movies, and it's really, really more than his movies. Well, except for The Exorcist, of course. More than his movies, it's it's his like interviews where he's he's so. Um, he's so open and straight, or he was so open and straightforward, um, about his thoughts on movies and just stuff in general, um, to the point where, like, he's trying to, like, uh, not, not promote The Exorcist, but, like, talk about The Exorcist with the direct, or uh, with the author of the book, William Peter Blatty, and he starts, like, no, 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 I disagree with your ideas on the book here, because, uh, when I read it, I felt, no, you're saying this to the guy who wrote the book? He's like... But it's just who he was. Like I said, there's an amazing interview between him and Nicholas Winding Revan, the guy who made uh, the Pusher movies and uh, Drive, of course, oh, um, yes. where they talk about his, at that point, latest movie, uh, Only God Forgives, which is not a notorious, um, like, hated or loved movie because it is painfully pretentious. Oh, God. Um, and, uh, and William Friedkin, who's kind of a pretentious guy, but also very, you know, straightforward in his movies. Um, you can consider him a pretentious person, but his movies are usually pretty straightforward. Um, he was just like, he was like trying to like, Nicholas, like, what did you, what, what, what was you thinking when you made this movie? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, basically, like, it's a piece of trash, basically. <laughs> and Revan is like, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed making the movie. I feel it's a, it's a, it's a highly introspective piece. And it's like, no, st- just no, stop no, it's it. not. <laughs> Shut up. You know you made a piece of crap, but you had to sell it to at least make some money back. Shut up, basically. <laughs> in front of an audience. No, it's not in front of an audience. He mentioned it in front of an audience. But the the, the one is just it's just a taped interview. But it's great. But it's on tape. I mean, yes, and he's like calling him out on his bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I love Nicholas Winning Revan as well. He's made some of my favorite movies. But that one is a tough sell. <laughs> and I'm glad that Friedkin called him out on it. But stuff like that that made him Made him an interesting Special. person. Yeah. So, uh, since we've already talked about his two other biggest movies, The Exorcist and The French Connection, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about his like third big one, which is Sorcerer. He's obviously made other uh, famous movies. Uh, not to mention Cruisin', of course. Um, but then he was involved with... No, that's a TV show. Because he was involved with the Twilight Zone movie, but it was just a TV show. Um, but then other other uh, f- uh, movies that I like and maybe aren't as popular are some of his latest movies, uh, Bug and Killer Joe. Oh. Um, but they're not as well known. So I thought we would go for Sorcerer. And also because I wanted to watch it because I've, I've never I've never actually watched it. I've, I've had we, it on my radar for like 10 years, but never watched it. We do use these episodes as reasons to watch movies we just want to watch sometimes. We just haven't yeah. found the time or haven't found... Will, I suppose, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> the will to watch it. And I was like, no, I have to because we're going to record. So. 
Oh, yeah. And in, in this case, it was because I wanted to watch the original movie first, uh, The Wages of Fear, uh, the, like, 1954 French like movie. That, yeah. um, and this movie, yeah, like I said, I heard about Sorcerer many, 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 many years ago. And then I found out, oh, it's a, it's a sort of a remake of this French movie. I'll watch the original first. And I've tried several times to watch the movie. And I always, like, not because it's bad. It's just I, I lose interest. I don't want to say it's bad because it's not. But I lose interest, like, halfway through. So I'm I've assuming never finished that movie. in French as well, which doesn't help. It doesn't help, yeah. Um, so I've never been able to finish it. So that, therefore, I never watched Sorcerer. But today it was like, well, I don't have time to watch both of them so i'll just watch sorcerers since we're gonna talk about it <laughs> yes and i'm glad i did sorry this took so long um so yeah what did you think yeah. of it <laughs> oh i thought it was great um just getting it out of uh, getting it out uh, in uh, in front first and foremost it's not his best movie um no. out of the big three this is the probably worst Third? one yeah uh, I'd agree. But I still think it is a great movie. If anything, it is the most, like, nerve-wracking, nail-biting movie of, of the big three. Really, of all movies he, that I've seen, at least, that he has made. Um, it is... There are moments in this that are so tense, I literally froze. See, I don't know, I've I don't seen know what a lot thought, of uh, reviews saying that, and I was like, there was... Once or twice when I did like super focused had to double check like did i miss something what the hell is happening other than that i thought it was kind of slow okay <laughs> <laughs> and it was obviously it was bridge scenes where the cars are almost falling in the yeah. water or falling down the cliff obviously Jesus those are the, those scenes are very well made yes and i, I and honestly i think much much of the uh uh, the like build up around the movie is that bridge scene. Yes, um, I mean it's it's, it's on the poster. poster. Yeah, yeah, it is so fucking intense, especially uh, when the second car drives over the titular sorcerer car drives over. Yes, um, and the guy falls through and he's almost run over, and then the tree comes from the flood and hits them. It's like, oh my god! I thought they were impaled for a second. <laughs> yeah, and they and they start pulling it with the winch. But that's pulling on the bridge, and it's breaking just as they like. It's stuff we've seen before, but but you know, in in newer movies. But before we saw this, so but seeing it here, it's just like ah. And they manage to get over exactly when the bridge breaks. What adds to it is that <sighs> I'm assuming in in the seventies you didn't have you know all the safety precautions and and uh, um like super rigs doing that stuff. So. Yeah. I, I'm guessing there was an element of fear in, like for the actors. That, that's funny you brought that up because I was thinking I was I I read up on that before. That's kind of funny. They actually that's actually a, a, a bridge they built specifically for the movie. Oh thank God! But um, still. yeah, it's it's uh, it's like super reinforced. There's full of um, steel wiring and cables everywhere. Like it was designed to look rickety. It was it was sure. a it was it was just a great set build. Um, but even even so, um, it just felt so much more real. Yes, because they than... can't fake anything with CGI, really. <laughs> yeah, it just felt it felt like one of the like that's why it was so 
intense because it felt it really really felt that they were on that bridge for real in that goddamn torrential rain um and and the raging rapids uh, below them and then um and then when the i don't even remember which it's the first car when the when it kind of goes off onto the side and the whole bridge almost like topples over yes and, and the the long zooms um how the guy is just sitting on the bridge trying to like move over here move over here um just how they set up the cinematography uh the directing the fact that there's no music in the scenes oh yeah that's makes true. it even more tense um than if they would have like dun, 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 music yeah that scene I mean, one of my a new favorite, like in general, not just favorite in the movie, favorite of William Friedkin, one of my favorite scenes of all time. God damn. Um, I assumed I, I didn't read up on trivia before this, so I assumed it was more rickety because I did happen to read like a a spoiler comment or or um. Uh, review somewhere, I think it was in Letterbox, that apparently conditions weren't the best. No. I'm sure they weren't. I mean, Freakin wasn't I mean, known to be, like, the most considerate of directors. No, exactly. And the first trivia on IMDb is that, like, besides internal onset conflicts, <laughs> um, uh, Friedkin has said that appro- approximately 50 people had to leave the film for either injury or gangrene. As well yeah. as food poisoning and malaria. Yeah, he himself <laughs> got sick with malaria during the shoot, so... Yeah, almost half the crew went into hospital or had to be sent home. Yeah, because they actually went into the jungles for South yes. America to shoot the movie. There's no, there's no, there's there are no sets in the movie no, at all. Exactly. They just went right into the jungle and filmed it, which is why I heard some people uh, um, <sighs> comparing it. That's the word comparing <laughs> comparing it to uh, Aguirre, The Wrath of God. I don't know if you've seen that, the Klaus no. Kinski movie. Where it's also just a bunch, it's supposed to be like a bunch of conquistadors that are stuck on a raft going down like the Amazon River or something and being attacked and, you know, they're starving and they're sunstroked. Amazing movie. Very very similar in, in like, tone and, and style to this. Very, like, documentary feeling. Um, as I can see the ref- or the comparisons being made. Um, in, in general, but I guess that's more because of the setting, because... When you're thinking of freaking movies, you're thinking more of like city movies. Even a yes. movie like The Exorcist, which mainly takes place in a house, feels more like it's, it's, a, it's an urban house. movie. Yeah, yeah it's it, it the 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 city is almost a character even in that movie. There's um, definitely influ- influences of of them being in a city. You have more connections. There's more people around. There's more uh, things happening, I suppose, around them instead of just yeah. like. Like in this case, where it's literally what four people in the woods <laughs> eventually, yeah, or in the jungle, <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, uh, the French Connection is very much a New York City movie. Yes. Yes. Cruising is the same way. You haven't seen the one, but it's no. it's basically the same. It's about a New York City cop who's going he's going undercover in the the burgeoning uh, gay leather bar scene. It's actually a pretty good movie. Um, so his movies have always, at least for me, felt very very urban. Or yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. I don't mean urban as in or whatever the racial connotation. I just mean that it takes place in cities. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes. But this is like basically all in a jungle. Um. Or at least the the second half is all in a jungle. Yes. Um. Felt very different, and 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 
not just to to reference Aguirre, um, but to reference, um, shit, what's his name? Fuck, Werner Herzog in general, um, who who made Aguirre and who made uh, Fitzcarraldo, which is another movie about uh, a, a crazy guy who wants to build an opera house in the Amazon. So he go he takes a steamboat down the Amazon River. And the steamboat is the opera house, and then he wants to pull it. He has to to get to the place where he bought the, the land to, to place the opera house, they have to pull the steamboat, which is a giant steamboat over a mountain uh, and to do this in the movie they pull the steamboat over a mountain, mountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's done a bunch of documentaries have you heard, you know, you know heard, you've heard the name at least I suppose yes, I've heard the yeah. name have you seen any of his movies? doubt it okay, well he has this thing, both in his uh, in his um, dramas and his documentaries he's always looking to capture what he calls like uh adequate images which is um like more more important to him than like story and stuff like that he wants to capture like images uh that are that are that are that are different that you can't like you can't reproduce them it's almost like he's he's very naturalistic that way and that like you can you can make the most intricate science fiction movie with you know spaceships and and Exploding stars and stuff, and it, it it can't beat like the 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 wonder of of reality of nature. Okay, yeah. So a, a lots of his movies are just you know shots of like uh, like mountains. Uh, or he made a, he made a documentary called uh, shit was called Inferno about two like volcanologists who died in a in a in a volcanic eruption. Um. And there's like long stretches where it's just like uh, shots of of you know lava flows and, and magma spewing out in these like very um, almost feels like, like choreographed uh, I was uh, say, long it's, it's shots. Probably like a dance. Yes, but it's a natural dance. But it's natural, dance yeah. And then, and, it, and then he just adds music to it to kind of enhance that feeling, and that's what he calls like adequate images. Anything anything other than that is like it's it's. Trash, throw it out. And there was a lot of this here as well. A lot like a lot of long takes, obviously more directed since this is a movie, not a documentary. Um but like definitely like the shots of them going over the bridge. Um yes. or in the or in the end, which I just loved. We don't we see it so seldom nowadays, but it reminded me of Oppenheimer actually. The 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 extreme close up of um uh what's the guy's name? Shit. Uh, uh, Roy Scheider's face as he's yes. like uh, considering like nah, can I have a minute <laughs> before yeah. we leave and it's so long it's like a minute of his face it really just feels like a minute maybe something like 10-15 seconds <laughs> Most but it likely. feels so long and it's just it just it just stays on him and that's what this movie does a lot it stays on like nature it stays on situations even though, even when it's, it's very hectic it like yeah. paints a picture it gives you uh, time to process yeah, um, so I I say he he manages to catch adequate images in this movie, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> However. <laughs> yes. The story was a bit um, slow and sometimes confusing because there were a lot okay. of in the beginning at least there were too many introductions to. I've, of course, later on realized, oh, it's introducing us to the people who will be driving the cars. Yes. But it it took me like an hour to figure that out. 
<laughs> Which, well, as soon as uh, Roy Scheider uh, um, arrives in uh, whatever the, the country is, Poza Rica. Yeah. Um, they they focus on all four. Well, yeah, four characters. Yeah, but so I didn't me, recognize me, them like, at first. I was like, oh, okay. who are these people? <laughs> well, they're a bit dirtier. They're a bit sweatier. They're yeah. a bit be- more bearded. <laughs> Is it? And then, oh, right, that's the French dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? Wait, why is he here? Well, but, he had to flee. Yeah, I suppose. It was because, that. Uh, but I thought that was like a labor camp or something. So I was like, are they in prison? No, no, they just... But no, uh, this is just escaping their other lives. Yeah, it's just but like... they ended the, up at a poor house. place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's what they explain with uh, Roy Scheider when he his friend is supposed to help him. Like it's a place yeah. nobody wants to go, so I'm sending you there. Where is it? I don't even know. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to know because then you know I could I can be I could be um, uh, I could so compromise cute. your yeah, your, comprom- yeah, yeah your position so to speak. Which spoilers in the end somehow yeah it is yes, which I thought was like oh no did we uh, need that? I'm not sure. Well, it's, it's it's for the suspense, I suppose. But it's for suspense, but it's also because you weren't following along. Because I, I think this is a very very straightforward movie. I was trying for a long time, trying like, is this about? Is it about capitalism? Is it about colonialism? And sure, there is some of that in there, but you know, at the core, I think this is just supposed to be. A suspense story. Yeah, I was about to say heist movie, but it's not really a heist. It's a no, no but like, like a heist movie, it's all about <laughs> suspense. Yes, like like um, your 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 nerves are like almost pulled to to the breaking point at some at some point in the movie, and that's really what he wanted to do tell a, tell a suspenseful story. Sure. Um, in in the same way, in the same way, really, uh, his movie before this was, of course. The Exorcist, and while that has a lot of you know the the battle of good and evil, and you know, uh, you know, uh, well, uh, uh, him being an atheist making a movie where where God clearly exists, so and so does the devil, and all that. There are there are themes, there are themes and ideas that he's trying to convey in that movie. We've talked about it in our yes. Exorcist uh, episode. You should check it out. Um, but it's also that's also his thing. Like it's also just a very like a straight up. Like horror story. Yes. Um, about a about a, a mother losing her child to a demon, and a priest coming in to try and save her. Um. Yeah. So, so this one, even more than The Exorcist, is just a just a straightforward story like a thriller. Sure. So I, the 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 plot for me was not confusing at all. But it, I th- the confusing part to me was that there was such a long intro trying to introduce all the characters, but that really didn't matter in the end because who they were was, was completely disappeared by the time they were sitting in those trucks to a certain degree but it also means that we know these characters which helps us to care about them when they're in precarious situations it raises the stakes that's a classic you know if you don't know the character why should i care about them dying well the only one i actually cared about then was the french guy because i knew he had someone waiting for him at home the other ones we don't really know what they're like Home life is really. We just see what happens and why they have to leave their own countries. Yeah, I guess. Do we even just see all of them? We see three of them at least. No, we see. Yeah, the 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 Spanish guy. I think he's Spanish. He sounds like Spanish. 
Um, there's the guy from Jerusalem, there's the guy from France, and then there's the guy from America. Yeah. And then there's the very, very opening scene where a guy walks into a room and shoots a guy. That is the guy who joins them right before they leave. He kills oh, Marquez, who's right. supposed to be the fourth guy. Um, but he's we, not there being poor. He's he's just he just he's just laying low because he killed a man. I'm thinking they don't uh, really possibly. explain it. It's you know you have to kind of uh, make your own conclusions a little bit. I guess. Um, but then it's also. I I also like that because he obviously feels like a like a sure the other guys are bad guys. I mean the uh Kassem is a, he's a terrorist. Yes. Um and uh, uh Victor the French guy he's uh you know uh well Tax I mean, evas- evas- he uh, there's a, it's not a word evaser that's not a word. Evader. Evader. Evades taxes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Scanlon, Roy Scheider's character, is he's a straight-up criminal. Yes. Uh, a a robber and a murder. <laughs> yeah. He robbed the church. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, uh, what is his name? The fourth guy. Is that Lartigue? Lartigue is the Spanish rich dude. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is, he, yeah, he's, I'm guessing he's like an assassin or something, or a gun for hire. Possibly. Which well, makes probably. them, you know, yeah, that's that's tough characters to 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 sympathize with, because yes. you know, they are they are what they are, but it then makes them more complex when 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 they're put in like in 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 a situation like this where, um, you still kind of you know they're they're desperate all of them except for for Latig, um, to kind of get out of the the place where they are, uh. And and you can't not be a little like worried for them when they're in the the very tense situations, uh, driving these this this dynamite across two hundred miles of of rocky terrain. I think so that it makes you kind of care about these kind of unsavory characters. I think that played a part for me. I didn't real I didn't understand what was in those boxes at first. Oh, it's a. Uh, it's uh, dynamite. But I, I, yeah, I figured out eventually. But it's like when they started, um, the the guy uh, was it Corlette? Yes. Who uh, hires them? The, the foreman guy at the yeah the, at the oil. When place. him and that that other dude uh, finds these boxes and like tests them, I was like, yeah, what is this? Is it drugs? <laughs> have been like lying in the moisture for too long. What's what's the issue here? Why? What do you mean it's? And then it was like it's unstable. I was like. What kind of drugs explode? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they talk, they talk about they have to they have to snuff out the fire in the oil. Yeah, I field. didn't realize you need to explode stuff for that. Well, oh, hey, we've talked about there will be blood. You know, you yeah, can't put that remember. fire out with like you can't put the fire out with water because it's spewing out oil that keeps igniting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way to do it is to um, basically like collapse use, it. Yeah, you, you need an explosive. First of all, the honestly, it's kind of like blowing out a candle. Because the yes. the the, the uh, concussive force of the explosion first blows out the fire, then uh, of course all the debris from the explosion covers up the the oil uh, flow, so they yeah. can ignite again and stops the the oxygen flow. Exactly. So that's why but you yeah, have it to stops it out. Yeah. You have to use explosives. It took me a while to understand. I don't know if I oh, was okay. focused when I watched this movie. I gotta say, even though even though I try to, or I in ninety nine percent of cases watch movies without subtitles, at least you know when I know the language. Yeah. I had to put on subtitles for this. Oh yeah, because no, I had to. They as well. mumbled a lot, and yeah, you know there was accents. a lot of like heavy accents. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
And I mean, it starts off in, in French and I don't know uh, what they speak in Israel uh, or Jerusalem. I don't know what language Palestinian? Because they're Perhaps? obviously Palestinians. Yeah, probably. Uh, no, the, yeah, because you know they they are they are attacking the the Jews. Yeah, he calls he calls Artiga a Zionist pig. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no a Jew pig, Zionist and a Jew pig. Um, right. Yeah. So I don't know some I don't yeah Palestinian. Whatever you obviously Middle need Eastern. subtitles for that because yeah. I don't know well, yeah. that language. No, obviously. I barely know French. <laughs> <laughs> but even even for the English speaking, like you said, very yes. heavy accents and very mumbly at points, so it's hard to. Make and out I mean, what with the background about. noise, with the rain and all that stuff, sometimes you just what the hell is that? Yeah. So yeah, I had subtitles. Too. When he kept saying "move, move," instead of saying "boom, boom," <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "What is that? What is boom? That's a." That's an apple in French. Yeah, or body part in English, almost. Yeah. <laughs> bum. Bum. Yeah. Or the bum. bum. Well, yes. So yeah. So uh, I can see. I can see there were there were you know times you might miss details, but I, yeah. I guess like, that kind of spoke for itself, though. They have to snuff out the fire to make make up the money they're they're losing when uh, Carlette is talking to the the main guy there. And then sure. when they pull out these little sticks that are wet and the the, 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 the solution explodes, I was like, that's dynamite. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. I, I did watch part of it while I was working, so that might ah. have been an issue. Not I know, good. I know, I know. But Not good. Last minute had to do it kind of thing. <laughs> sure, sure. Anyway, also, yeah. I mean, in general, yes, this was an entertaining movie, and it was it was uh, intriguing enough. But there were parts that I thought was too slow and too long. It took too long to get to the suspense. Yeah, I agree. It did not have to be as long as it is. It's um, two hours. Yes, it could have easily been like an hour. And the first hour 40. is very slow. Very. Uh, yeah, it's they, it's all just setting up the characters, the setting yeah. up the the oil company, um, and even beyond setting up how they got to the place, setting up their situation in the place. And then the reason they have to do this trip then. Yeah. We have this long sequence after the explosion of uh, people mourning and stuff. I'm like, get it. But that's where, that's where I think, then technically. Yeah. That's, that's where I get the feeling, uh, the movie is trying to comment on like, uh, capitalism encroaching on like poor communities and stuff like that. Yeah. Because obviously it's an American oil company. In general. Yeah, exactly. Caters, um, I suppose. Yeah, but then uh, there were there were, but you know, as soon as the mission gets going, I think it's it's a it's a it's a rip roaring adventure. No, yeah, I agree. Up until it's, the very end, it's soon as the mission starts, but everything before the mission is kind of, yeah, it's not really great. Care. But I still enjoyed it. Parts but, of it, sure. But I, I mean, what I, I'll give you one thing. Uh, when we get the French dude's uh, introduction, yeah, I I like blinked or something just as the uh, shot came and I literally oh. jumped in my seat because it was so loud and I out of the blue yeah really uh, that was, oh you mean that was... when they when they explode in the end no 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 in the beginning when the French guy's friend shoots himself oh yeah right 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 yeah Her, his wife's brother I think I yes correctly. yes yeah that shot oh, yeah. was like Jesus Christ <laughs> what the hell just happened yeah Genuine reaction, which is 
rare <laughs> when it comes to gunshots in movies because you don't really they they're, they it was louder than normal I think yeah probably to get, get that, that reaction, reaction from you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> good one that one was good yeah um but also like like well, this is also like I don't want to say you couldn't you couldn't make a movie like this nowadays you could. But yeah. it would be it would be different, and it probably yes. wouldn't be shot on set unless it's made by someone crazy like uh, William Friedkin. But what I do appreciate about appreciate about this movie or movies like this, specifically about this movie, is the fact that at least in my opinion, you can make like uh, you can make uh, uh, truck driving like intense <laughs> and exciting. Yes. Or like when they when they actually when they actually get uh they get they get picked these four guys get picked to drive the cars, and they're like we 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 want this and this much money and they're like no 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 we want double that this is crazy, and then they start like fixing up the cars. It's almost like a uh, it's almost like Ooh. an Evil Dead tool shed scene, you know. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a gearing up scene where they're like uh, taking these old horrible car uh, trucks they have to drive and putting in like the new parts they need. Fixing him up a little bit, and it's like down, 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 music. That and the uh, the test drives were also a little bit like montagey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like uh, it felt like a Fast and Furious movie when they're like yeah! planning the highest te- te- in the which one is it? Um, when they're in Rio and they're the testing out if they can uh, avoid the cameras. the cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like that almost. Yes, yes. And, I, but, you know, and I'm going to say, yes, Justin Lin was uh, inspired by Sorcerer when he made that movie. <laughs> Possibly? Possibly? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> not, not impossible, at least. Not impossible. Yeah, he is a film buff. Um, I just, I just like, because nowadays movies are so crazy. I mean, we, we, we see some smaller movies that aren't not yeah. as crazy. But even them, like, like, just driving a truck isn't enough nowadays, it feels like. But then you watch a movie like this today, and you're like, "Oh wait, it can be enough if you just yes. know how to how to handle the situation." Yes. You can. This is like, like I said, it's one of the most tense movies I've ever seen. It, it is honestly Fast and Furious before there was Fast and Furious. Yeah. At least the second hour. <laughs> this is slow and furious. Well, sure, because <laughs> goddamn those trucks went slow, oh, even on yeah. like plain roads, like. Dude, step on it. I mean that 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 family that they kind of uh, yeah, were drive running past, and the, the dude is just running in front of it, like dancing and jumping. What the <sighs> hell was that? What? Uh, once again, some sort of I'm, I saw that some sort of comment on you know uh, industry encroaching on nature because that was obviously a proper like uh, like living living outside of society kind of like uh, native, native American. Well, native. Indian, Indian is what they're called. Indian family, um, and they're like like laughing at their big dumb ugly machines. Big dumb trucks, yeah, yeah, making fun of them, um, and not having respect for them because ultimately, like, they managed to live for centuries, if not millennia, without stuff like that, and they're still fine. They're still here. They're healthier, even. Yeah, <laughs> if you look yeah. At it, from he that was like big and buff. Everyone else looked, just looked so like sickly and, and yeah. just tired all the time. Everyone in the city, the city is a fucking dump. Like it opens up yeah. on a guy, like looks like he's dead, lying in the gutter. That's what the movie or the the scenes open up on in that yeah. town. Other than him waking up from a nightmare, of course. Sure. Um. 
So there's definitely there's definitely some theme there if you if you wanna if you wanna uh, overanalyze this movie. Though I think that's too short to actually like give it a full theme. That's just a little nudge. Yeah, of course. Yeah, a little a little theme, but it's not a what the movie is about. To make you think. Yeah, <laughs> for exactly. a second. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. So uh, yeah, I I like I said I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I and I and I want to see. I want to see more more movies, like modern movies, where like, where like, not specifically like mundane things become, uh, you know, super exciting. Like, uh, where where you like try and overdo it. Like, oh my god, it's we're gonna make this movie about a, a librarian, and it's super exciting how she puts <laughs> up the book. No, I mean, no, like, it still has, has to be, be an extraordinary something. situation, but yes. it doesn't have to involve like. A multi-million dollar heist. Uh, uh, I was about to high-speed chases and yeah. uh, super spies. <laughs> it, it could just be uh, this. One that kind of does it, but also goes a little over the top towards the end. Is, uh, well, actually two of his movies. As Craig Zoller does this with uh, Brawl in Cellblock 99 and uh, uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Oh, yeah. Um, sure, they they have like the hyper violence towards the end, but other than that, they're very, very, very grounded movies. Um, even though you know they do have shootouts and stuff, but it's you know it's it's very realistic, very mundane. Like, um, but it's still uh, su- super tense, super exciting to watch. Yes, because you know, so- it's at least not it's it's more grounded in reality. Yeah, exactly. And while I don't mind fantastical stories, uh, I, 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 I think uh, a lot of a lot of uh, filmmakers are sleeping on the excitement of like, hey, the real world is fucking crazy. Yes. Once again, Though talking there's... about uh, Herzog and his adequate images coming just from our planet. Yeah. Though there's there's a there's a fine line where you start doing things um, that are real. That are happening in real life that are horrible that you maybe don't want to see in movies as well. You see enough of them on the news, sure, and doing like mundane things, exciting that are also happening every day, but perhaps they're not as dramatic in real life, and you just dra- dramatize them a little bit. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's still supposed to be entertainment. Yes, like a prime example. Uh, we discussed this off camera f- uh, a couple of weeks ago when I. Once or finally saw um, Black Klansman. Oh yeah, and the movie was fantastic up until the credit scenes where they started adding real life shit and it just fucking ruined everything. Yeah, it got too real. Because yeah, you like, got the point even across. Though, even though the entire movie is based on real things, it's still detached from reality. Yeah, and the fact that it's made like a, a 70s black exploitation movie, yes. it, it removes itself a little bit from reality, which makes it easier to swallow. Exactly, but then ah. you throw in those scenes that are from real life happenings and literally people like, getting run over, yeah. Like, like, no, oh. no. I, I mm, that ruined almost the entire movie for me. Yeah, but it's still a great movie, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's one of the better <laughs> movies of the last few years. Turn off before the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut it off. <laughs> shut it off. Um, yeah, so mon- uh, like mundane is maybe the wrong word to use, but things that are actually happening in real life, not just super extreme spy things that aren't really real life things. Yeah. 
make them exciting. And that's to, to kind of uh, first bring this back to Friedkin a little bit, but then yes. also I want to make another Fast and Furious uh, comparison. <laughs> but we'll start with Friedkin. Um, that's what he managed to do in a lot of his movies. I mean, even a movie like The Exorcist is very, very grounded. Yes. Like, sure, the devil is in this little girl. Um, well, it's Legion, we find out in the third movie. Sure. You know, whatever. Um, that demon thing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're, uh, like, yeah, he's an atheist. The movie doesn't go out of his way to talk like, oh, there's like, there's gods and demons and like, there's no like other ghosts or anything else in the movie. But as soon as, as, as soon as, um, uh, you kind of see the, the first signs uh, that she's not just sick, but there's something actually wrong with her. You're fully on board, like, oh, okay, there's a demon yes. in that girl. Because they're sort of treating it as a sickness, specifically. Yeah. More than just, like, because there's no, there's no, like, research montages where they're, like, discuss and realize that, oh, angels and demons are real and they have to convince everyone. No, no, they no. just need to take care of this specific issue. I mean, it's, it's almost the other way around, where the priest, Karras, is like, listen, exorcisms is not a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, they don't happen anymore, and... There's usually just, you know, mental issues. It's like, no, yeah. no, please come meet my daughter and you'll see. <laughs> He's like, okay, <laughs> fine. Something is wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong. Let's fix this. Let's not do... The entire universe needs to be reset and told that God is real. Yeah. It's still a very small story about yes. uh, faith and hope. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, very, very grounded, even when he's making a fantastical story like this. Yeah. But then French Connection, once again, super grounded, yeah. but st- be- even though it's so super, super exciting. Yes, because um, they, ex- yeah, they add the excitement to the normal stuff. But yes, yeah. it works. And you haven't seen it, but Bug is the same way. Okay. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a girl... A woman who works at a bar, she meets this, like, kind of weirdo, uh, I think he's a veteran, or he says he's a veteran, played by Michael Shannon, which helps with the weirdness. Oh, yeah, an unhinged <laughs> war veteran. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and she kind of, I think she hooks up with him, and he starts talking, you know, about, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, they put to fluoride in the drinking water, and, you know, they're they're watching us all the time, oh, and yeah. she's like, okay, but he goes further and further, <laughs> yeah, and she starts believing him, she gets sucked into it. And it goes so far that they like they like line their entire motel room with tinfoil, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but they go like way too far in trying to uh, d- uh, conceal themselves from from them, you know, the government. Yeah, the the IMDb line is just the line between reality and delusion is blurred as they discover a bug infestation. Yes, yes, and but once are again, are there real bugs or are they? Delusional. Well, you're gonna have to watch the movie to find out. It's a Maybe I will do it for the Patreon episode. Great. Yes. Why not? Right, because we haven't. Well, we sort of discussed what the Patreon episode was gonna be, but do you want to watch another Friedkin movie? I don't know. Maybe. Because we'll I, I was thinking we were gonna watch the original Wages of Fear. Oh yeah, um, we talked about that. But maybe we should watch some more Friedkin movies. You know what? If you want to find out what we do end up talking about, yeah. check out the Patreon on Monday. <laughs> yes, Patreon.com/slash Don't Make a Scene. But anyway, um, you had a comparison, another comparison to Fast and Furious. Yes, just to wrap up the freaking them. Even in a story like that, once again, it's very grounded, very small means to tell a very exciting story. With Bug, I mean. Uh, then back to back to talking I was about, about to say, the first Fast and Furious. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, comparatively to the later ones, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, no, but but comparing like the early 
um, Fast and Furious movies. Um, <laughs> speaking of Friedkin and Cars, yes, um, yes. The early no, but the the early Fast and Furious movies. Um, we we talked about this earlier this year when we we did um, we did all the Fast and Furious movies, all the Fast and Furious movies, and of course a couple of years ago when we did it for the ninth movie. Yeah. Um. The uh, e- even though the movies get bigger and bigger and bigger, it's uh you know it's still the earlier movies that kind of entice you the most, except for number eight. I love it in number eight. Yes. Um. Because see the ranking if you want to know. Yes, <laughs> exactly on patreon.com slash don't make scene. Oh yeah, that's on the page. <laughs> um. No, and I recently saw a documentary. I don't know if I linked that to uh, you. You sent you sent it to me. I haven't finished it yet. But yes. Yeah, because it's it's about the entire franchise from the first up until the latest movie, I think, where they discuss all the uh, stunts, and even going into some of the stuff they don't talk about in the behind the scenes stuff on the DVDs, which was yeah. I, I thought was great. Um, and it shows like, like honestly, I don't remember where we ranked it. We didn't rank the specific stunts, but the the car flip at the end of the first movie. Where Dom flips his car over uh, Brian's car, yeah, um, is still one of the more exciting stunts in that movie, because they did it all for real. They literally flipped that car over that one and filmed it from inside the car that's on the ground, um, and it it feels more exciting because it is first of all it's very grounded. I mean, the only thing that that makes it like. Over the top is that they had to use a ramp to flip it. Otherwise, sure. it's, it's all real. Yeah. Um. So it is. It's it's making something exciting out of the real or the mundane, so to speak. But as that franchise goes goes on and on, it's kind of like a microcosm of movies in general. The f- the stunts become more and more crazy to the point where you're like, no, this they went too, too far. Yeah. Some people would say that's number eight. I still love that movie. I would say it's number like- nine. Like we said in that episode, yeah. there are pros and cons to all of the movies. Sure, yes. But the the originals, the first movie specifically, has a lot of the the a lot of the charm is the real, the realistic. Yeah. Um, stunts. I mean, the real very stunts. The very actually. first stunt in that movie is one of oh, my favorites. The truck. When they do the the truck heist and they drive in yes. under the truck Underneath, to get through the. Yeah. God, and they did it for real. Like, exactly. Come on, Jesus. And then you have number nine, where they fly into space to hack a satellite, <laughs> and you're just like, no, no, this is dumb. Yeah. And that's no. why, yeah. And then no, num- we ranked that as the lowest one, though. Yes. <laughs> and number ten, also, like, sure, it has some good stuff, but it goes too far with him jumping off the dam and them shooting on the plane and, yeah. and like, running that damn bomb through throughout Rome. He's like, no, yeah. it's too much. You don't have to like, no. and, and it was like, yeah, I mean, people they, they exp- did sort of because they had to make everything bigger and better. If you kept it low key, people would have probably gotten sick of it by that's, yeah, that's five also, or so. But I, I, I'm not sure that's true because the movies never came out like every year. There was always a few no, years in between. Even, true. even now that they're like obviously doing like a franchise, it's still like a couple or three years in between the movies. Well, yeah, nine and ten had. Uh, two years between. Yeah. I think... And we'll most likely have to wait another year before the next part comes out. Yeah. I think that has to do with, with oversaturation. So in order to release a movie the very next year, or like Marvel does, a couple of times oh, yeah. every year, you have to constantly up the ante 
to the point where the bubble bursts. Uh, yeah. If you actually like, let people like like digest uh, digest like the the original movie before the next one comes out, um, you can get away with smaller stuff because it's still exciting. Yeah, I mean, as long as they variate, they can't do the same shit though. They have to do no, something of course, different. have done something different. Yes, yes. Um, and that's that just goes back to like like the mundane, the the regular can still be super exciting. It makes it more realistic and something you can go, oh shit, maybe that can happen to me. Yeah, I can experience something like this. Yeah, like perhaps, I- hopefully not as life threatening, but you know, yeah, as a bridge over a raging river and uh, trees smashing into you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. To bring it back to sorcerer a little bit. Yes, of course. <laughs> Hell, they could yeah. have stolen shit from sorcerer. They could have had like a they they drive through woods and jungles in Fast and Furious. They could have taken one of those scenes and done yeah. that. So. No, instead, instead they they fly over that bridge. It breaks, and then he uses the suspension cable from the bridge to Tarzan swing himself between two islands. Yeah. <sighs> exactly. Anywho. Anywho. <laughs> Back to sorcerer. Back to sorcerer. Yeah. Um I I I agree with with what you say for most of it. Now that we talk about it. Yes. I I appreciate the movie more. I still think the first hour is too much slow. Very slow. Build up that I don't really care about. Yeah. I understand that some of it is necessary. You do expl- get explanations to the characters, but there's a bit it's too long. Yes. I don't I don't need all of that. You might However, actually Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I said, you might actually enjoy the original then, because it kind of cuts immediately to them being in the South American country, and it's also like 10, 15 minutes shorter. Nice. So you might yeah, enjoy that I might more. Have, yeah. might like that better then. Yeah. However, oh, because of all that, I don't really understand why people are rating it like 5 out of 5 and going, oh, it's amazing, it's the best movie ever. And then you look on the the dates of the the reviews, yeah. and a lot of it's like, oh, it's because you just watched it because he died. Partly that it's also one of those movies that gained a lot of praise later because it was sure. kind of uh, overshadowed when it came out. It it bombed when it came out in nineteen seventy seven because it came out basically the same at the same time as uh, Star Wars. It was oh. a ro- wrong time to release a slow moving car movie. Yeah, and also um, it opens with a bunch of other languages, so Americans go, "Is this the right movie?" Yeah, which foreign? I was, I was find that so fascinating. Um, sh- yeah, like how issue. they can just like, <laughs> "Oh, it's subtitled." I'm not gonna watch it. Like, what? I'll leave. I know. That's I was because- confused. To be fair, when I started, I was like, "Did I did I start the right movie? Isn't this supposed to be an American movie?" But no, it it changed. Didn't you get that you opening know? thing where it says like? Parts of the opening of this movie is filmed in its original language. Blah, 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 blah. It takes place in France. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think of it. I think it's that. Anyway. Um, but at the same time, like, to, 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 um, to dismiss a movie mainly because it's not in your native language. Yeah, that's dumb. We've that's said that dumb. before. That's dumb. That's uh, just dumb. Yes. I, I, I kind of understand where you come from, like, the country that, like, exports the most media which is america um you say what you will about bollywood yeah they make more <laughs> movies there but it doesn't go as far th- it doesn't yeah it doesn't have the same reach as american movies no. hollywood movies no. doesn't unfortunately so i understand that they might be averse because mo- what they watch is 99 uh, um, percent american english yes yes 
and countries like uh, ours, where we've grown up on <laughs> Hollywood movies. Amer- so we're, American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're used to subtitles. Sure. I mean, I, I attribute my English to watching TV. Yes. Imported from America. Yes. That's how you learned English. You watched That's, yeah. English-speaking movies with subtitles when you were like six. And it's, yeah. it's, it starts all the way back then, working it into your brain. Exactly. Um... So I can understand. That's just dumb. Yes, to completely, de- you know, yeah, dismiss a movie because it has subtitles is dumb. But that's literally what happened. People walked out fifteen oh, yeah, minutes into the they... movie, just like, "What is this? A foreign film? To, like, Fuck this!" That like add details on the posters, going like, "Be aware, this will start in foreign languages." Yeah, that's what it says. It in, turns in the into American the eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, and I mean, yeah, they didn't have the internet, so it was harder to watch movie trailers. But I mean, they must have seen the trailer at some point. Yeah, but they probably didn't put any of the foreign languages. In the trailer. No, but then you would know that the movie's oh, yeah, gonna be American in English game. eventually. It just starts out because it's in a different country. So maybe they thought what I thought—that I they walked into the wrong movie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Roy Scheider's on the poster. He's American. <laughs> sure, but he's not in the first fifteen minutes. Yes, he is. Maybe it's. I don't know. I know. Yeah, it's semantics. Is. He's in the yeah. Yes. Whatever. Um, but that's but either way, yeah. People like eh, and actually got poor reviews. Uh, not terrible, but bad reviews. It got some. Some people saying same you say it's too slow. Uh, yeah. But also like uh, comparing it to the original movie or the first movie, I suppose, Wages of Fear, and saying like ah, it's it's more of a rip off like. But when that's not really one, he he didn't want to make a remake of the movie. He wanted to do um, his own interpretation of the book story, the story, which is why it's very different from the first movie. And I think it's pretty different from the book. He just took the main premise, really, made his own story about it. The only, the I think the big like uh, similarities are, of course, you know, uh, expats in a foreign country having to drive dangerous cargo. Through a dangerous uh, uh, jungle. Yeah. I think that's where the, the similarities kind of end. Possibly the bridge in general. Yeah, in maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, it was it was pretty panned. But then later on... Um, and it was almost... Not, not that it was like, uh, you know, a lost movie. But for a while, it, it disappeared very quickly from theaters... Because uh, I know specifically in China, man's Chinese theater, the one the Bing on, on Hollywood Boulevard, um, yeah. they uh, stopped showing uh, Star Wars to show this. Um, oh. But yeah, yeah, because now, now now the next movie comes in because sure, at, sure, at sure. that time you had one maybe two screens in the cinema. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but they realized that this movie is not bringing in people at all. Uh, we're gonna stop showing your movie, Mr. Friedkin, and we're gonna bring back Star Wars, okay? <laughs> and I mean, you couldn't buy it on video back then, so it was just gone. Uh, it was gone yeah. until home VHS releases came in like the mid '80s or something. Uh, yeah. And at that point, people the like, sorcerer, what? Huh? Because it disappeared Which because of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So it's it was kind of lost until it was quote unquote rediscovered in the like 2000s. I assume that had impact on why um, he didn't do... Because apparently he was supposed to do um, a movie after this. This was like a small... Small? Small, yeah. 
secret project that he wanted to do before he did like his next big one. Yes. Which was supposed to be about like the Bermuda Triangle or something? Devil's Triangle or whatever. Yeah, it's something like that. But then he like kind of scrapped that idea because of close encounters of the third kind. Yeah, too many similarities apparently yeah. in the yeah. themes or whatever. And also, I guess then this one kind of flopped, so maybe <sighs> like fuck you people. I don't wanna yeah, I mean, time he, and money into that. He mentioned some. Gonna appreciate it. Yeah, he mentioned somewhere that like he was like done with Hollywood after this. Yeah. Um, which I mean, to understandably, a de- but also to a degree, though, I guess he kind of was. Um, he didn't really make any more big movies after this, other than yeah, I suppose cruising. Because if you look at his as a director, um. I mean, he's done a lot, though. He's done a lot, but like after this, he made something called Brinks, uh, which the you know, Brinks is, job. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. The Brinks job, yeah. It doesn't. E- it doesn't even have a uh, a meta a Metacritic a, a meta score. Um, and then of mm. course, yeah, uh, cruising, and then smaller stuff like music videos, some movies here and there, TV series, yeah, TV episodes. movies. Um, and like anything that you kind of recognize isn't really until, uh, I guess some people would say Jade. Jade is recognizable, but it's also a terrible movie, or at least it's reviewed terrible. I don't remember. I haven't seen it since I was like a kid, which I shouldn't have seen, but still, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those movies. Um, and then he kind of, it disappeared really. And then you have, yeah, Rules of Engagement in 2000. He had a bit of a comeback there. The Hunted, 2003. Bug, 2006. Then back to video, TV series. And then in 2011, he made his last movie. Apparently he has one upcoming, though. That's in post-production. Maybe he was working on something. Ooh. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Whoa. What is that? Follows a naval officer stands trial for mutiny after taking command from a ship captain. He feels is acting in an unstable way, putting in danger both the ship and his crew. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sounds well. Interesting because it's him. Other than that, not really. <laughs> How does that remind me of uh, Rules of Engagement? A little bit. But also like a court martial thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he he. Uh, well, he didn't like withdraw. He 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 kind of um, slowed down. <laughs> really toned down. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, this like I said, this is the guy who made The Exorcist, and it's, he really only has like four or five movies that really stand out. Like that, that people talk about. It sucks. I've I've found two movies in his list now that I want to watch, but their meta scores are like in the thirties. Which are those? I want to watch The Guardian and Jade. Uh, which one is The Guardian? Oh, uh, the the a magical I'm... nymph who sacrifices infants to an evil tree. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sounds awful. Yeah, well, it's a it's a nanny that is a magical nymph. So yeah, someone it's, else's baby. It's this kind of like yeah, like director for hire bullshit. It just doesn't sound good. But it might yeah, it sounds funny. Uh, yeah. It kind of sounds like one of those sleazy '90s thrillers, which I do like. So I might, uh, I might watch it for that. I mean, it did come out in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. It's a drama fantasy horror. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm calling it now. Our Patreon episode is gonna be more Friedkin movies. We just need to watch a couple more. Okay. 
We'll but do f- this one to find out then. which. Yeah, you you have yeah. to because now we already spoiled which, what we're doing. But to find out which movies, you have to check us out on patreoncom slash Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they're actually worth it. <laughs> Whichever ones we end up watching. Yeah, yeah. but having said yes. that, uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. Um, once again, rest. Well, once again, we haven't really said it. Actually, we just oh, well. launched into it. We we said it on uh, social media Patreon? before. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, William Friedkin, a true master of the arts. It sucks, but I mean, people die. We live on forever in your movies. Exactly. We will always have your movies. We will always have Sorcerer, The Exorcist, Bug, Killer Joe, Jade, <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Whatever that one is. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's a bittersweet goodbye, but you know, it's, it's life. Death is as big a part of life as life is, or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and with those sage words, I say <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah, we don't have to plug the Patreon anymore. No, you know, thank you so check much. it out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. But until, until then, then, have a good one. Bye. The Spoiler Cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's produced and directed by Tobias Vidian and hosted by Tobias and Rebecca Vidian. Executive producer is Anneke Vidian. I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Daniel Geiso, Christopher Billian, Laura Kinney, Mom, Dad, and CK85. 